0: It's Monday, March 27th, and this is Goodwill Talk Daily. Welcome back, everybody, to Goodwill Talk Daily. It's great to be with you today. We are looking together at the book of Isaiah. We're going to be doing this all week. It's an opportunity for us to learn from the book of Isaiah as we head into Holy Week. A quick reminder, there is no episode of Goodwill Talk, and there are no episodes of Goodwill Talk daily during Holy Week. Uh, We're taking Holy Week off so that we can focus our energies on what God has for us during that week as we Move towards the cross and then to the empty tomb. So that's what we're going to be doing next week. Very excited about that. But this week we are in the book of Isaiah. We're starting in chapter 30 today. It's a long chapter and it's another woe oracle to an obstinate nation. Um, That's how the NIV has it at the top. Remember, throughout this time in the book of Isaiah, I'm going to use the NIV. And the reason I'm using the NIV is because it's a little easier on the ear as we're hearing large portions of scripture read to us. We're going one chapter at a time. So I'm going to read the entire chapter. It's more than 30 verses today, so it's a little bit longer. Give a couple moments of comment, and then we will pray together. So we're in Isaiah 30, verse 1. Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord to those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance but not by my spirit, heaping sin upon sin, who go down to Egypt without consulting me, who look for help to Pharaoh's protection, to Egypt's shade for refuge. But Pharaoh's protection will bring you shame. Egypt's shade will bring you disgrace. Though they have officials in Zoan, and their envoys have arrived in Hannes, Everyone will be put to shame because of a people useless to them, who bring neither help nor advantage, but only shame and disgrace. A Prophecy Concerning the Animals of the Negev Through a land of hardship and distress, of lions and lionesses, of adders and darting snakes, the envoys carry their riches on donkeys' backs, their treasures on the humps of cam- camels, to that unprofitable nation, to Egypt, whose help is utterly useless, Therefore I call her Rahab the do-nothing. Go now, write it on a tablet for them, inscribe it on a scroll, that for the days to come it may be an everlasting witness. For these are rebellious people, deceitful children, children unwilling to listen to the Lord's instruction. They say to the seers, See no more visions. And to the prophets, Give us no more visions of what is right. Tell us pleasant things. Prophesy illusions. Leave this way. Get off this path and stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, this is what the Holy One of Israel says. Because you have rejected this message... And relied on oppression and depended on deceit, this sin will become for you like a high wall cracked and bulging that collapses suddenly in an instant. It will break in pieces like pottery, shattered so mercilessly that among its pieces not a fragment will be found, for taking coals from a hearth or scooping water out of a cistern. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says, "'In repentance and rest is your salvation.'" In quietness and trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. You said, No, we will flee on horses. Therefore you will flee. You said, We will ride off on swift horses. Therefore your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five you will all flee away till you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you, therefore he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. People of Zion, who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Then you will desecrate your idols overlaid with silver and your images covered with gold. You will throw them away like a menstrual cloth and say to them, Away with you. He will also send you rain for the seed you sow in the ground, and the food that comes from the land will be rich and plentiful. In that day your cattle will graze in broad meadows. The oxen and donkeys that work the soil will eat fodder and mash, spread out with fork and shovel. In the day of great slaughter, when the towers fall, streams of water will flow on every high mountain and every lofty hill. The moon will shine like the sun, and the sunlight will be seven times brighter like the light of seven full days when the Lord binds up the bruises of his people and heals the wounds he inflicted. See. The name of the Lord comes from afar. With burning anger and dense clouds of smoke, his lips are full of wrath and his tongue is a consuming fire. His breath is like a rushing torrent rising up to the neck. He shakes the nations in the sieve of destruction. He places in the jaws of the peoples a bit that leads them astray. And you will sing as on the night you celebrate a holy festival. Your hearts will rejoice as when people playing pipes go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the rock of Israel. The Lord will cause people to hear his majestic voice and will make them see his arm coming down with raging anger and consuming fire with cloudburst, thunderstorm, and hail. The voice of the Lord will shatter Assyria. With his rod, he will strike them down. Every stroke the Lord lays on them with his punishing club will be to the music of timbrels and harps as he fights them in battle with the blows of his arm. Topheth has long been prepared. It has been made ready for the king. Its fire pit has been made deep and wide with an abundance of fire and wood. The breath of the Lord, like a stream of burning sulfur, sets it ablaze. There's a lot going on in this chapter of Isaiah. What I want to focus on here is the character of God as it's developed in the midst of this judgment oracle. It's a judgment that begins with a judgment towards the people of God and then shifts to the Assyrians, those that God uses to punish the people of God for their sins. And throughout, kind of at the core of chapter 30, is a picture of God's character. He is a merciful and just God, mercy and justice going together. He says that he is a gracious God. He longs to be gracious to us. And therefore he will rise up to show you compassion. It's another word for mercy. He is a compassionate, merciful God. But he is also a God of justice. He will not allow the people who destroyed Israel to get off scot-free. Though he will use them to discipline his people, they are also sinful in their response to the people of God. The fact that they destroyed them, the fact that Assyria would attack the way that they did, was sinful. Just because God used it for his purposes does not mean that the sin they committed is somehow not a sin. They are still responsible for what they've done. And God is a God of justice. He brings judgment. This is what we see at the cross Holy Week is next week, and it's all about our journey to the cross and beyond the cross to the empty tomb. It is at the cross that we see the justice and mercy of God collide. His just wrath against sin poured out on Christ, but His mercy towards His people. In the provision of Christ as a sacrifice, as a substitutionary atonement, as someone who died in our place. Mercy. Mercy and justice together at the cross lead to our healing, our restoration, our salvation. And so as we read through a chapter like this, we are struck by the judgment of God on his own people and on the nations that he would use to discipline his people. But we are also struck that this very same God who is just in his judgments is merciful and compassionate, that he longs to be gracious to his people. If only we would turn to him in repentance and find rest. Notice what where our salvation lies. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. When we come to him and trust him by repenting of our sins and resting in what he has done for us in Christ, we find mercy knowing that justice has been done that Christ has been glorified, that God has been shown to be merciful and just towards his people. This is about his character and how we receive the goodness of God because of who he is, a God of justice and a God of mercy. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the prophecies of Isaiah And I pray that you would remind us of what the cross is as we move towards the cross next week, as we remember Holy Week, remember his sacrifice for us. Would we see the cross as the collision between justice and mercy? God is a God of justice, but he longs to show graciousness and mercy to his children because, God, you love us. You see us in our sin and you rescue us. You make a way for us. Father, would we never forget your character, Would we not assign to you a false character? But would we know you are the God of justice, the God of mercy? You are the God who reveals himself in Jesus Christ. We love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks so much for being with me today. I'll see you again tomorrow right back here at Goodwill Talk Daily.